Are you struggling to make your first 100K or next? Are you pretending you're successful but barely getting by? Are you tired of comparing yourself to millionaires and billionaires who make it look so easy? Welcome to First 100K, the number one entrepreneur voice in America. I talk about the important things that no one else is talking about, like how to make your first $100,000, because I believe this is where 90% of entrepreneurs get stuck. And I tackle the mental game of entrepreneurship that we all secretly struggle with but won't admit. My guests are successful entrepreneurs who share their mistakes, their number one fears, their daily habits, and their superpowers that push them over the 100K mark. I'm your host, your coach, your friend, Joseph Warren. I'm also a 10-time failed entrepreneur and the owner of two co-working spaces here in Tampa, Florida. This show was created for you, the entrepreneur who's pushing to break through the elusive 100K milestone. Wherever you are in your business, you're just 100K away. Today, our featured guest is fearless entrepreneur Gabe Aloisi, and he is the owner of Shake Creative here in Tampa, Florida. Gabe, are you ready to serve up some value to our amazing listeners? Let's do it, Joseph. All right, Gabe, take a minute and share with us something personal about you that very few people in your business life know. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, do you want a, a fun story or do you want uh, something something a little more tame? What kind of show is this? Oh, this is a like <laughs> real talk show. So give us whatever is like just popped up to the surface there. Um, I started my career as a filmmaker. I went to film school up in, in Washington, D.C. and studied communications at American University. And my one of my first jobs out of college was to be kind of a roving news reporter. Um, I was the cameraman, and I would go interview with the producer. We'd go to, to the Senate and, and Congress wow. and uh, interview these guys. And so one day I walk in. I have my like, little credentials that my company gave me. But I walk in, and security's there. And I have these big black bags. I have like these three huge duffel bags. And I walk up to security, which kind of looks weird to begin with. And you're like, what are you doing? Um, I'm here to shoot uh, Senator Schumer. <laughs> you did not say that. <laughs> yeah. So wow. That, that, that led to a, a couple hours of a detention. Pat, uh, <laughs> pat down and being touched in areas you would rather not have happened. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, <laughs> Pretty cool. You got you to gotta, you mind your words <laughs> when you're in this day and age. So yeah. that's, a, that's a lesson for business, right? Make sure what you put out there in your marketing collateral, right? Yeah, exactly. All right, cool. So, uh, Gabe, let's get right down to business. Our audience always wants to know uh, what revenue did your business bring in last year, approximately? Yeah, uh, between the two, my two businesses, approximately 450000 Okay. Yep. And if we just stuck with Shake Creative? Shake Creative accounted for about three fifty of that. Got it. Yep. All right. So, that's like the breadwinner, that one. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's the meat and potatoes. What are you guys on track to do with that business this year? Uh, it's looking like we're going to probably crest over half a million this year. Cool. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah, pretty exciting. Mm -hmm. Nice. All right. So, Gabe, we all love to, uh, uh, you know, listen to the wisdom of millionaires and billionaires, but we struggle to relate to them, right? Because 90% of us are hustling to make our first $100,000, sure. yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So, take us back uh, to when you were struggling and hustling and doing all that for that first 100 k 
paint us a, a vivid picture. Tell us that story. Sure. Well, I mean, I started as a, I was a graphic designer and I was working in a print shop making $16 an hour. Mm. And it was just one of those things where I said, well, I think I can do it a little bit better. And, uh, you know, I think I can be a little bit more creative and, and, you know, I don't need supervision in order to, to make something happen. So let me just give it a shot. So, um, luckily I had a really supportive boss who loved me. Uh, she's local here, Minuteman Press, Kathy Collier, um, mm. over in Town & Country, which does a great job with printing and whatnot. I like that shout-out you just did. Yeah, yeah. Gotta, gotta give some love. <laughs> um, and, but she, she said, I knew this was coming, Gabe. She's like, I really enjoyed working with you, but good luck to you. And she, she gave me everything, you know, all the resources I could to, to get started. And luckily, my wife was super supportive. She was... Um, we kind of traded, we traded off. Uh, when I started my business, she was working. And then uh, once my business got up and running, she was, uh, she, she started hers. So it was nice mm. that I had that support and huge, you know, getting started was tough. I had a few clients, um, and uh, just kind of grinding it out. And at first there wasn't a lot to do. And then what happened qu- more quickly than, than not is in, two or three months, it went from not having much to do to, to just never stopping. <laughs> okay. So like, you well, know, take us wor- there. How I'd did you make that transition? Like, how'd you go from a few clients to now you had more work than you could handle? Well, I, I think I really, it, it came down to something really simple and it, it's going to sound almost obvious, but I actually did what I was going to say. I said what I, what I was going to do. And I actually provided those things to people and why I did it in a timely that, manner. Why and, do you think that mattered? In my business, as a graphic designer in the marketing world, it's, there's just so many flaky people, honestly. Okay. Um, they just, you know, I think they over-promise and under-deliver. And Lots my whole pipe. goal was to over under-promise and over-deliver. So I would tell people that, okay, this might take me three days to get something back to you, and I would try to get back that day or the next day. Mm. And so that efficiency, I mean, we live in this world where everybody wants things on demand. And especially in my business, it's like I needed it yesterday. Mm -hmm. And so being able to be efficient enough to provide them that product uh, and and again, just do what what you say you're going to do, that really made all the difference in the beginning. Got it. You know, if you're listening right now, you know, I just challenge you. Are you doing what you're promising to your customers? And are you doing it even better than what you're promising? Right? Because that's really what makes you stand out. And if you're in the marketing space like Gabe is, he's sharing right now how rare that is in the marketing space and how attractive it is to clients and how they'll gladly give you more money and referrals, right? Yeah, if the story I hear all the time is like, you know, they, when I get new clients is, you know, our last graphic designer, we, we reached out to him, we haven't heard from him in two weeks or three right. weeks. And it's just, it's the same story over and over and over. And I think what happens is these people, get, they, they do a good job, then they get overwhelmed and they don't mm. have the system behind them. They haven't built that system, systemization in their business to be able to actually keep track of all the jobs they have or and they just get overwhelmed and then they shut down. I think that's kind of normal yeah. for artists and, and people like that. Yeah, in the creative space. Yeah. So talk to us about the systems, right? Yeah. How did you do that, right? Because you made commitments. You said, I'm going to start a business. I'm going to honor my word. I'm going to over-deliver on my promises. But that wasn't enough for you. You then had the wherewithal to say, well, I have to create systems and processes that hold myself accountable to my word so that I can deliver on it. So speak to us about that. How did you do that? Sure. Well, I think, you know, starting out, it was just I knew what jobs I had in my mind, right? But I didn't have any, you know, I might have even had it on a piece of paper, but it was not very organized, right? Yeah. 
But as I had more, like and more, you just saw me about to write a note on a raisin box in front of me. Yeah, right. Right. So, yeah, that's what we do as entrepreneurs. Yeah, exactly. Ahead. So I knew I needed I needed to be more organized, and especially to go from in my first year, I think I did about thirty thousand or something like okay. that. Year two was sixty, about sixty ish. Okay. When I met some uh, my my first business consultant, he told me that I've got you know it's it's time for you to hire somebody. You know you can't mm. do it all if you're going to actually grow. And 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 so I I knew if I was going to hire someone, I needed to create a system for that for me and that person to be at least be on the same page. Um, so what we did, the first thing is we, we invested in, in a CRM system so we could just keep track of jobs. So just your customer database. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just something online where we would go through each day in the morning, what jobs are in progress? Where are they at? You know, do we need to follow up? Are we waiting to hear back on this proof? Mm-hmm. Are we, um, are, is, are we waiting on something from us or is it on the client? And by g- every morning, starting it off very quickly, it took us five, 10 minutes to do that, just to go through each job. And, and e- when the phone rang, we, uh, she knew my first employee knew what, uh, what was going on. Or if, you know, if I was talking it was a job that she was handling, I knew what was going on. We were mm-hmm. able to stay on the same page and having that first employee that next year, I think I went, I doubled the business at that point. That's when I actually hit, uh, I think 120,000 in, in year three. There. So literally you doubled. Two years in a row, right? You went from 30 to 60 and yep. then 60 to 120. Exactly, yep. So exactly. would you say what was that number one thing that pushed you from the 60 to 120? It was hiring somebody else and being able to replicate what I did because I had that system in place. Okay, did you have the revenue in order to support that salary of that new person or did you have to take it from somewhere else, take it from your own income? How did you do that? Because that's a big challenge for many of us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think what I did actually, if I remember right, because this was eight years ago, is I started that person off uh, slowly. So she worked first off for like 25 hours. That freed Mm. me up 25 hours to go out and sell and to network and do all those things. And then the business just started, you know, in, in about a month, I think she was working 30 hours. Then she was working mm. 35 hours. Then she was working 40 so hours. So you did it incrementally yep. rather than going from like, uh, you know, the revenue only going to you in the business. And then you, all of a sudden you have to uh, find revenue for a 40 hour a week salary. Right. You said, no, let me just uh, break this into bite size. Yep. Let me do 25 hours. Then as the business pulls me, more revenue comes in, then then I kind of increase her hours from there. Yeah. And, you know, it was nice that she was able to take that ride with me. That's very cool. You know, that was important. But, you know, she knew up front that that's what was going to happen. And she she believed I could do it. I believed I could do it. And, and, you know, if you put your mind to something, you can, anyone can do it. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And what I just caught right there is you honored your word with her too. Sure. You didn't, you know, do hype with her saying, hey, I'm going to give you all this work, all this out whatever you said no i'm gonna start you off small as the business grows then we'll give you more hours etc is that agreeable right. yes or no and she's like yeah that's agreeable yep. boom i'm p- totally paraphrasing sure. putting words <laughs> no in totally here, yeah but... no, that's good okay cool well i think it's always important to just be honest and upfront with your clients in whatever business you're in and if you can't do it tell them you can't do it they'll respect you so much more if you say oh i can't you know joseph you know i can't i just can't do this for you mm. I, somebody else could do this better they'll keep and the, i think the fear of 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 entrepreneurs in the beginning is i got to take everything that comes at me and i've got to say yes to everybody but it's just as important to say no to people mm. or to um make sure that you pick the right opportunities that you can actually deliver on because again i think that's the problem that people run into starting off a new business they just say yes and then because they got bills yeah they, cause, and yeah. they want to do and they it's not like they're vin, you know mean people right. or, malicious or, or mean or malicious yeah, yeah they what they just they 
they just want they want them they want they see more revenue this is a way to do that but they don't really have if they don't have the system in place it's better off if you say no or if you if you mm. kind of mitigate what you can do with these folks yeah you know i think that's an important distinction you bring up right because their hearts are in the right place it's like well this person has a pain point i can deliver yeah, I don't have all the resources to do a great job. I could do a partial job, so I, I want to take it, plus I need to pay my bills. What I'm hearing you say is, well, hold on a second. You're actually doing that customer a disservice by taking them on as a client because you cannot actually fulfill on what they need. Right. It's better for you to pass that business to someone else so that they win and that person wins. Yeah, and right. they'll respect you. They'll yeah. come back to you for the things that you're good at and that they know you can deliver on, and they'll trust you that much more. You become a trusted advisor to them because mm. you know you you're the person that's going to shoot straight with them. That's what I mean. That's what we all yeah. want. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't want the fluff. Who the heck are you? Right. Right. Yep. Okay. Cool. Describe your biggest fail uh, that you had personally uh, before making your first 100k. So that's 60 to 120 timeline. You know. Yeah. Uh, the biggest fail, I think, I think the biggest fail is what we just were saying where I I think I, I started to take on, uh, I I didn't say no to anybody. And Mm. I, and, and the, and that included friends of mine and people that I, you know, that were close to me. I always want, I always took time to just kind of put myself out there for them. So I wouldn't charge them for things. Mm. And then you start to get kind of, people take advantage of that after a while. And so I think that stifled my growth. I could have been even, you know, the growth could have been faster if I, if I would, if I approached it more, more like a business, you know, would you do it differently now? Yeah, I think I would. Yeah. You know, and again, I think people will respect you if you say, you know, you're, you're doing a a job and I appreciate the job you're doing because it's like 80, there's an 80, 20 rule that I'm sure you've talked about on the show. And if you're not, you will, you'll hear it as Mm -hmm. a business owner is that you'll usually put, uh, 80% of your effort into something that gives you 20% of the results. And we have discussed this. <laughs> it keeps coming up pretty sure. much every episode. Yeah. And right? it's true. It's true. Yeah. So what I, when I actually cut, so when I hit 120, that's when I, I could really start to say no to people that weren't a right, the right fit as clients for me. And that's where my business took off. I think the next year we went to 300. So, mm. um, the so you jumped could, from 120 to 300,000. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was, that wow. was, different yeah so you're listening right now and you're listening to gabe and you're like gabe i want to do what you did (laughs) right how do i do that so that's what we're doing we're getting into gabe's brain right now and and learning right some people many people right we learn from our own mistakes sure really smart people learn from others (laughs) that's what this podcast is about right so listen right now to what gabe is saying the value he's dropping right now now gabe we all have fear right if you were to be totally vulnerable and honest, what was that number one fear that was holding you back from going from uh, that sixty thousand to breaking that hundred thousand dollar mark? Well, I had a couple big, big clients at the time, and so probably a lot of my revenue, getting back to the eighty twenty rule, came from probably ten or twenty percent of my clients. Okay, and so the biggest fear was always losing them. I mm. think you know, and and. Yeah, I, that, that's that's I think everybody's fear, and, and then you always start to second guess yourself. So mm-hmm. I, may, I at one point, a situation occurred where I had a client who was my my second biggest client at the time, and my one employee, the same person I was talking about, <clears throat> he got very upset with her and just treated her really poorly. And so I came to a a, a, 
a point where I had to decide, am I going to have my employees back or am I going to save this client? Mm. Um, and I decided that I was going to have my employees back because it was, I was, I'm playing the long game. Right. Uh, so it was scary. I had to, you know, basically I fired my second largest client at the time. Whoa. And what was amazing is that when I did that, that my employee recognized that I had her back and she was that much more endeared to me. And, and what we did was he, he, I realized he was such a cancer <laughs> of oh, a client, we, client that we got, we got five, I got a, five more new clients so I could spread it, spread it out that were 10 times as profitable as that guy. It was amazing. Wow. You know, so, you know, the fear of, I think, of losing of the, the big whale uh, weighs on people a lot. And, and, and you just got to trust that, you know, it, it's, it's all going to work out. If you, if again, you, you stay close to your own values, if you, yeah. if you do the right thing, it's going to work in your favor in the end. Yes, I was wearing a T-shirt yesterday when I was recording an episode, and uh, it says, "Behind your greatest fear lies your greatest passion." But in mm-hmm. this case, uh, you know, lie, it could be behind your greatest fear lies your biggest win. Yeah, you yeah. know, and and that biggest fear for you, your greatest fear was that firing that big client because that's all revenue, that's big right. revenue. And as soon as you fired them, <laughs> your employee won. You got you know, multiple clients and did five times the amount of revenue and you freed up that headache client that was right. just that big, big roadblock. Oh, yeah. It became growth. so much be- – yeah, the atmosphere in the office was that much better. <laughs> Huge. In my life, I would, life was easier and it was it was amazing. But, of course, it was so scary at the time. I was like, well, what am I – okay, if I lose him and then I lose maybe one or two more, what, what are my options? You start thinking, like, what's worst case scenario? Okay, I'm going to take a job here. <laughs> yeah. Everybody has those fears and you go through those cycles all the time as an entrepreneur. But it's just – you got to step back and, and take a walk and breathe. And, and, yeah, and, then, and it's not and as bad yourself. as we make it out to be, right? right? It's like all of a sudden your brain is thinking, <laughs> is Walmart hiring right now? You know, it's like, <laughs> right? It's like you and I just uh, here in Tampa, we just came out of the hurricane, right? Mm-hmm. Hurricane Irma. Yeah. And it's like our fear mechanism in our crocodile brain immediately went to worst case scenario, right? Doomsday scenarios. Yeah. And it turned out that we were spared from the storm and nothing really bad hit Tampa, which is very fortunate. It could have went that way. Totally. But man, think about that. All the amount of work and preparation and effort and money that was spent mm-hmm. to protect, protect, protect our stuff. Yeah. Right? That doesn't even mean anything. Just stuff. A friend end, posted yep. something really cool. He said, uh, I have everything in the car that means anything, and they all have names. Mm, yeah, that's good. And I, I was like, like that. that's so cool, you know, because yeah. all the other stuff doesn't mean anything. All right. Yep. So, Gabe. Uh, tell us, uh, describe to us an aha moment that inspired your biggest win back then and pushed you over that hundred thousand dollar mark. Well, I, I think we just talked about it, which was, you know, you've got to be able to, you got to have your, your core values, uh, yeah. and you've got to live by them. So early in the beginning, I, I, I created a, a set of core values for the company. There was, I believe 12 core values of our company. Can I challenge you right now to, uh, pick three of them randomly? Yeah, well, the the one I'm talking about is we are professionals in the service of other professionals, and mm. what that meant to me, and and to, at the time was, and still today, really, is that we need to be treated as professionals. And when that client did that, they broke a core value that they weren't treating my because like, he was berating her. You know, mm. it was really bad. Um, and so they were mistreating. Yeah, you, your client was being unprofessional. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, totally. So that's yeah. very interesting because your core value, it sounds like works both ways. Right. It's not We just... have to be professional, but they need to treat us as professionals. Yeah, exactly. okay. Yeah. Lots yep. of companies don't discuss that. <laughs> no, yeah, no, I think it's good. important you know, to, to build a company culture like that, you know, cool. that, that everyone's valued. And uh, let's see, uh, some other ones where um, everyone makes mistakes. Um and mistakes are going to happen, Just but don't we make learn them from twice. them. Don't make them twice. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was one of them. Uh, let's see. The other one would be um, we we if anyone needs help, we we reach out to you know. So mm. this is kind of again kind of a culture within the the company. You know, so when we grew to four or five employees. We lend a hand where the hand is needed, you know, and you, you, that's ask that's for help, important. right? Put yep. down your pride, your ego, yep. ask for help where needed. Yep, it's exactly. about helping them win. Yep, yep, that's so cool. That man. was one of the 12. They're still on our website. If you go to shaketampa.com slash core values, I think they're they're sitting there. So I like yeah. that, and I like when companies post their core values publicly, right? Yeah, I saw it's that like, from Google, is where I got that. Uh, Google put theirs a long, long time ago, and if, and if anyone yeah hasn't read them i totally recommend just google google score values they're really yeah. good i've read those i've read chick-fil-a's mm -hmm. really good stuff i we actually modeled um ours off of chick-fil-a's because nice. it just resonated so what are three of like, years joseph oh he's <laughs> <me on> <laughs> just turned it around on yeah you. uh help customers win mm -hmm. that's the big thing right and it's like that's what we're here for you know service to them um treat people first class mm-hmm and that means I have to treat my staff first class at all times. Yeah. Even when they're pissing me off, yeah. right? <laughs> they have to treat me first class even when I'm being that irate guy. Yeah. Um, treat our, our members first class even when there's a disagreement or a misunderstanding, a miscommunication. I'm really stepping out, you know, nice. and doing that. I like those. Yeah, thanks, bro. All right, cool. Uh, looking back to your first 100K, in your opinion, what was, uh, and, and I know there's redundancy in a few of these questions because you're bringing up so much value right now. However, I'm still going to ask it because something else will surface, right? And we sure. really want to dig deep. So looking back, in your opinion, what was that number one thing that got you over that hurdle? Number one thing. It like it could have been personally. It was it hiring. Been. It was getting, you know, it was being able to free my time up to, to go after more sales. Yeah. And I get that Duplicating so much. Duplicating the effort. Yeah. I get that so much, right? And, and I'm just going to speak into this for a second just to clarify if you're listening right now because maybe you're thinking, well, I'm not sure exactly, you know, where I can outsource or whatever. Listen, on this show, I'm going to keep asking this, you know, what's your number one superpower? What is your superpower in your business? What's the number one thing that you're irreplaceable in? Mm -hmm. Everything else, start outsourcing. And right. do it like Gabe did. I really like that, right? Do it 5% at a time, 10% at a time. It's like, okay, where can I free up five hours in my week? Right. What's taking me five hours and I can free it up because now that's five hours more I have to go, uh, I have now to use towards my superpower, mm -hmm. which will bring in more revenue for the business. Right. Is that, is I, put that the I put in the long hours to do that in the beginning too, you know, so I would be working till eight, nine o'clock. I didn't have kids at the time, so it was yeah, a little yeah, easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, nowadays I, my hour, my work week's about thirty-five hours. Yeah, but I put that time up front, knowing that I could reap the benefit later on. Very cool. And Gabe, if I could be direct with you, what do you consider to be your superpower? My superpower is I'm, I think I'm a people person, and I read people really well, and and I just I can I can have a connection with people uh, because I have. I guess it really boils down to empathy, mm. being able to empathize with someone's situation, and and. I think also I'm a better listener than I'm a talker, <laughs> which is weird for a podcast host, right? You need to bottle that and sell it. <laughs> most people are listening. You know, most people are listening in the intent to then butt in and, and say what they want to say. But I, I think I'm a really good listener, and you know, again, being able to empathize with people, 
I can then solve their problems because I know what their problems are. <clears throat> Excuse mm. me. I'm not, I'm not tearing up over here. <laughs> just a little under the weather. Yeah. Um, yeah, so um, I thought you were getting very emotional. <laughs> I was like, "Is there something I should know about me you're empathizing with right yeah, now?" I have a little head cold. <laughs> it's like Joseph, you're causing me pain. Yeah, but, but I think that's it. You know, you know, if you if you're if you become a good listener and exercise your listening muscle, then you'll be able to kind of put yourself in that person's shoes. Then you'll be able to find out what their challenges are, mm. really are, and how you can you know get ahead and anticipate that, and that's how you can become super successful. Mm. So. You know, my business really, really, really took off when I could start to build products and services around the the problems that I anticipated my clients would have. Wow, that's so cool. So would you say, uh, as far as your specific role with utilizing that superpower of empathy, uh, was that more on the sales, the front end, bringing in new clients, new revenue, or was it more in the day-to-day operations? I think it was in, in, building, in building the products and services and systems. I mean, okay. it's certainly you got to have the rapport with people, and people. I always, I think I have a great rapport with all of my clients, um, so that that you got to have that. But I think you know, being able again just to anticipate the needs and, and wants uh, yeah. is important. Cool. So listen to what Gabe's saying right now. What are the needs and wants of your clients? First off, have you listened to the ones that they've told you about? Right. That's the first part, right? And you got to know what your who your client is too. Yeah. I think that's that's the other thing is you got to really clearly define who you're in the marketing world we call it an avatar yeah same but who yeah who is your who is that perfect person out in the world and so again it's not about you know helping everybody it's helping that how can you how can your company best serve that one perfect person out there in the world did you have that avatar before a hundred thousand dollars no it wasn't until um it wasn't no when i created the avatar that's when i got me over the hump yeah Mm. yeah in the beginning, gotcha. I didn't. No, so in the beginning, did I would you, take anything that came out. How did you realize that? Like, did you realize, okay, that's part of the problem of why I'm not getting to where I want to go? I literally don't have clarity on who my ideal customer is. Yeah, I mean, if, if, you, if you're not if, – you can't be everything to everyone because then right. nobody knows why – What you stand yeah, for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So once I decided, okay, we're going to specialize in these areas and become a specialist in that area, that's when you know success really started to come. Cool. How did you pick that avatar? Was it based on things that uh, drove you or was literally, now this is what they want. I'm probably not really that into it myself, but mm-hmm. man, we're going to help them in that area. I think people do it, can do, find it in a number of ways. For me, it was, I looked at my business and who my top five clients were. Mm. And it, it, the picture was pretty clear at that point. With other people, it might be what you're personally attracted to. You know, I always say there's a geek for everything, <laughs> and so own that. Sure. And 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 so what you're attracted to, there's people out there that are attracted to the same thing. So, but yeah, you can't be everything to everybody, or else yeah, you stand for nothing, and nobody knows nobody knows what you're what why they should call you over the next guy. There's no differentiation. Yeah, I get that. So what's standing out for me right now is. You know, as you're listening right now, your car, you're exercising, doing whatever, you're at the office, you know, go through right now, take Gabe's advice. This is really good wisdom, right, Uh, from a very successful business owner, is write out a list of your current existing customers, right? And then pick the ones that you really enjoy working with and that pay well, right? And come up with your top three. Who are my three favorite clients and they pay well? right? That's your avatar. 
find the patterns there in those three those three uh, clients, and then build a business and products and services and systems around those three and servicing their needs, anticipating their needs. Mm-hmm. Would you say that's about correct? Gabe? Oh yeah, I went to a networking event the other day and and. I went to the guy like, we build software for any for companies if they're small, medium, or large, and we build any kind of software they want. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm lost. Yeah. <laughs> that, that quickly loses people's attention. But if you would, I said, if you were to say to me that you build software for the uh, healthcare industry for businesses between 10 million and 20 million, okay, now I can start to think of who are those people that mm. I can connect you with. And so it's, it's super important. And, um, you know, there's lots of ways to do it. You can do it by industry. You can specialize in industries. You can specialize in business phases. So maybe it's startups, or maybe it's um, mid, uh, you know, mid mid tier businesses. Yeah. Um, but the more specific you can get, you cannot get too specific. That's you my cannot. advice. <laughs> you might think you can, but you can't. I mean, I specialize in private golf clubs. It pretty much doesn't get any more specific than that. There's a pool of six thousand five hundred clients that are potential for me in the whole world. And uh, what I so <laughs> like about that is you have such a clear target now. Yeah. Right. It's like you got a bow and arrow and you know, I have 6,500 targets. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. Now I just got to win them. Right. <laughs> yeah. And that just makes life a lot easier. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. What was the best advice, uh, business advice you received uh, prior to your first 100K? Ooh, best business advice. Yeah. Um, well, I had a great business consultant. His name was Gary Teeny, and he gave me a ton of great I advice. I like Gary. <laughs> Gary, shout out, bro. Let's see. He gave me so many good advice, uh, pieces of, of wisdom. He's got a couple sayings, like if you've ever had consulting from this guy that you'll, you'll, you'll recognize. Um, one of them was that, let's see. I'm kind of blanking. No, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> Maybe it was something personal, right? Maybe it was something that shifted your mindset about who you are, about what you stand for? Because I know Gary, and I know he likes to do straight talk, right? Yeah. He doesn't hold back yeah, or whatever. Yeah. I or, guess it was to – actually, what the best piece of advice that Gary gave me was I, w- I was a person who talked myself out of sales. And I think when people get into mm. a sales conversation, again, they, they keep doing all the talking instead of the listening, or they present the offer. And when it's time to sign, sign on the dotted line, they keep rambling on about – <laughs> why this is a great idea or, or what makes this product or service a little better. And that makes the customer question. It gets antsy, yeah. The people yeah, start like, to get why antsy. why are they overselling me right now? I right. already said yes. Yeah. So I think the best advice he gave is just when you ask for the sale – to just sit back and shut up. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that was huge. And they're going to say whatever yeah. they're going to say. Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. And it's that that awkward pregnant pause, yeah. you know, that silence. That's where the magic happens. That's right. Just sit and smile and wait, right. wait for the magic. Then their fears are going to come out, and which then you can address, or they're going to, you know, or they're going to be super happy, and they're just going to do it. You know, yeah, yeah. When they go, so how do I get started? <laughs> That's the magic. <laughs> You're like, well, the next step is. That's one of the best closes I've ever learned. Yeah. If you don't like sales, like the easiest way to close any type of sales conversation. Uh, is you ask them, so do you have any other questions that I haven't addressed yet? Yeah. And they're like, no, I think everything you addressed well. Great. The next step is. Right. (laughs) And you just tell them what the next step is. And they go, oh, okay, great. (laughs) And literally the magic happens. And it's so cool. There's no pushiness. There's no salesiness, none of that crap. Okay, cool. So share with us one daily habit that you had back then. Consistently you did every day. That helped get you to where you are today, Dave. 
Yeah, I think I took time to think, actually, uh, to step back and just take a break and walk away. Expand on that. Like, what did that look like? Yeah, so one thing I did was I got an office. So I was working at my home in the beginning, like most people start off, and I got an office so I could just shut things down and give myself time to decompress and think. Okay. And, and that's when you can start to innovate is when you, when you have time to think, if you're just mm. stuck in the, in the muck and the mire in the day-to-day activities and you're, you're not thinking forward, you know, you're not going to go very far. You're just going to keep being in the, in the, in the weeds. Yeah. So Gabe's saying, shut your email off. Yeah. Right. I would go on vacation. I'd shut my phone off. Yeah. And that was, and that was it, you know, for a week. Was, How much time out. did you do a day in this uh, kind of like silent contemplation of where am I? What is my business looking like? I, it was time. probably, you know, five or 10 minute increments, but it was over the course of a day, probably an hour. I would do that, you know, throughout so the day. So you did this sporadically throughout the day. You would yeah, just take, just take a walk. I, and I still, to this day, I'll just go out and take a walk, you know, really? that sort of thing. Yeah. Do you ever forget to do that? Like you just get caught up in all the noise and distractions? Sure, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then like how do you remind yourself like to do it? Because it's easy to create a new habit of not doing yeah. the good habit. Yeah. Well, it's just uh, I, I start to recognize it. And I know when I'm getting stressed out or I'm getting, you know, where I need to just step back. The other thing I would say to that point is a lot of times we're really quick to reply because, again, we live in this really mm. crazy on-demand world. People want it. They want answers immediately. Mm. And I got myself into trouble early on by just off the cuff in the moment replying to something. Like someone pushed my button or they mm. you know, they, they sent me something and I didn't think through what I was going to say. So almost a reaction rather than yeah, a response. Yeah, it was reactionary. Yeah. Got and, it. And so, again, when I, once I learned to step back and, hey, I can answer that email tomorrow when I'm – when I can think through this problem, it was it was it was night and day. Yeah, yeah. and maybe I won't occur as angry <laughs> and volatile. Right. I did many of those in my business where I would respond in the moment to an email, and you know, email can be misconstrued. Oh yeah, so There's, easily. You can't put emotion in email. Oh yeah. man, and I had a few mishaps. <laughs> yeah, and then I learned very quickly: pause. Right. Don't respond to negative emails yep. until the next day. Yeah. Literally I didn't get very that. many, but you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. it does happen or just stressful things would happen. Like my, my website's down. What do we do? <laughs> you know, <laughs> that kind of stuff is going to yeah. happen. You're, you're right? like, well, I'm going to go for a walk. <laughs> 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 All right, cool. So uh, what's your favorite website app or digital resource back then that really helped you? All right. So we're talking about empathy and things like that. So I'll talk about uh, something called Crystal. Crystal. Yep. And what Crystal does is you can install it in like your email program. Like I use Gmail. Okay. And Crystal will, it, it, I think their tagline is writing email with empathy. <laughs> so it's pretty cool. <laughs> exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So as you're writing the email, Crystal will actually, if I'm writing you, Joseph, an email, um, how would you describe yourself, Joseph? You're kind of like a, a high energy guy. Type A. Uh, type A personality. Yeah. So it'll tell me like how to craft that email as I'm writing it. So like rather than say like, hi, Joseph, how are you today? It'll say, no, you should just cut to the chase and tell Joseph Hi, Joseph, are we still on for our 10 o'clock meeting? You're kidding me. Yeah, no, it's really cool. So yeah. what do you do? Like when you first set it up, you, you put in like a, like a CRM of the individuals and like describe, okay, Joseph's type A personality. Mm-hmm. He 
cut to the chase. Well, they're building this database constantly, but I think a lot of it came in the beginning, especially from LinkedIn profiles, and, and they were using social signals in order to kind of build a profile around people. And it it's surprisingly in the even the beginning, it's extremely accurate on who on what <laughs> so on what these people. So what kind I, of I would just put in like my wife and my yeah. cousins and stuff like. Oh yeah, that's exactly him. <laughs> so. Crystal, meaning crystal ball, like you can I read guess into, so, yeah. I guess that's what they, yeah. So what specific benefits uh, have you gotten in your business from using this this crystal? Is it an app? It's a... it's like an add-on, I guess you'd call it, or a widget for okay, for, Goop, for Gmail or for your email yeah. program, yeah. I mean, I think the specific benefit is you can talk your customer's language, then you cut through all the rest of the clutter. But has anything come back tangibly, like where you know a customer has said, "Man, I love how you just cut right to the chase in emails and we get stuff done or whatever." Well, all I'm the time, people will tell me like, "Oh, you really get me," and you know, they say that, yeah, yeah, or you and, understand me. And you know what? Yeah. That's all every person wants to yeah. wants, right? Is sure. are you hearing me? Yeah. Do you get me? Right. That's Dude, right. that's huge. Yep. <laughs> Go Crystal. Go Crystal. <laughs> Check it out. It's cool. 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 All right. So, uh, Gabe, welcome to the hustle round. I'm going to ask you 12 quick fire oh questions. Okay. You'll have uh, three <laughs> seconds to answer each. Are oh you ready? Oh, my goodness. Uh, I'm not a quick thinker sometimes. Well, I'll try. Let's do it. Well, I had you on the other the other <laughs> show, so you're, you're ready for these. Now, I've changed up a few of them. Okay. What's your favorite sound? Ooh. Um, uh, this chime, wind chime I have is really nice. Nice. What's your least favorite sound? Nails on a chalkboard. Got it. When you were a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? Baseball player. Cool. What are you most afraid of? <sighs> um, failure. Got it. What did you spend way too much time on doing in your first year in business? Xbox. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Threw a curveball at you. That was a <laughs> What secret fear do you have about people? Um, they're talking behind my back. Mm. What do you wish you had learned sooner in your business? To say no. Got it. What is a new habit that you want to form? Meditation daily. What is a bad habit that you want to break? I broke a lot. I was a smoker Ooh, well <laughs> when done. I first started the business. What about now? Um, bad habit. Uh, cell phone. I'm like a cell phone freak. Ooh, got it. And I don't pay attention to my children as much as I should. Ah, those kitties. <laughs> Empathy, bro. Empathy. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so now I'm learning to turn it off. I just turn it off. That's it. That's awesome. What is an, uh Sorry, pick three words to describe who you are now. Mm, I am a confident communicator. Got it. Is that two words? That's two did words. Did you say three? I did say three. <laughs> Strikingly handsome. <laughs> no, no. Now you're at four. No. <laughs> okay, pick three words to describe who you were pre-100K. Who was gay back then? Three seconds is up. I can no, do you're a buzzer. good. Jeez. Um, Three words. How would friends have described you back then? Um, nice guy. Okay. <laughs> got it. Yeah. And sometimes you got you can't be a nice guy in business, right? Okay, you gotta when you're, be true to yourself. Would you say when you're saying nice guy, also kind of a pushover at the time, or yeah, totally. That's yeah. how you mean that. Mm-hmm. Okay, sure. got it. Cool. Okay, imagine sometime in the distant future, and there you are standing in front of your tombstone. Read to us what it says on it. Hmm. Uh, I I always want to be remembered that you know I helped people create 
a better, better world, better educate themselves and, um, be able to impact other people. So it would be something to that align. We'd probably pull a poem or something, you know, <laughs> song lyric, who knows? A song. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. And, uh, in, uh, if you could c- come back to life, right. Mm-hmm. After you died, tell your family and friends only one piece of advice. What would you say to them? Yeah. Enjoy the, the moments together. Got it. And really, really hold on to the moments. Yeah, and put down the cell phone. Mm-hmm. Love it. Awesome. Yep. Gabe, what's the best way for our listeners to get in touch with you? Oh, uh, go ahead and go to Shake Creative um, website, which is shaketampa.com. Um, and then you can, my email is gabe at shaketampa.com. Very cool. Gabe, thanks for joining us today. And I wish you peace, love, and superpowers. All right, Joseph. Thanks, man. Startup Nation, you cannot show up authentically in your business without building faith in your business. If you want to have that conversation on the faith side of things, go check out my other podcast called Broken Catholic. On that show, I interview all different guests about why the world isn't working right now. Plus, I tackle unspeakable topics that you may secretly struggle with but won't admit. We got to get your faith right to get your business right. Go to brokencatholic.com. I'm Joseph Warren and you were made for greatness. So stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day and I'll see you right back here next week.